Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December 28th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is the supreme law of the land and our guide. The checks and balances are what make it so great. We chain down bureaucrats with the Constitution. The battle is on for your hearts and souls and minds in the culture war. And we really have a Constitution war on our hands as well. It's all a debate on who you trust to interpret your supreme law of the land. Uh, The good news is y'all can read it. And it was designed for the average farmer to understand. You don't have to turn to elites and rocket scientists to supposedly interpret and tell you what it all means and says. You can look at it yourself. You can also look at the Supreme Court case decisions that we quote and talk about and focus on for highlights of what we believe. But the battle is on, ladies and gentlemen, and the enemies of liberty are absolutely dishonestly manipulating the narrative against every one of us. If you believe in God, family, and country, if you believe in the protection of life, liberty, and property, they are against you. And they will even wield the Constitution with government funding, with collegiate-educated so-called experts leading the way on your tax paradigm, to deceive you into believing that the government, the federal government, has all power, that there are no boundaries, there are no jurisdictions, there are no checks and balances, twisting and manipulating the words in the Constitution and the meanings and the intent. And what they will do is they will basically give you a travelogue of history of how they've abused the Constitution. And those abuses then give them the right for future and further abuses, uh, lying to you about what the real intent of the Founding Fathers was, what the real Constitution says. Sometimes the courts have done us wrong. That doesn't mean we should point to that, look at that as the answer or the solution or the right course of action. I'll give you an example. The reason government got involved in marriage in the first place is they didn't want black and white people marrying each other because the government was so racist they said, no, can't do it, won't do it. We're going to put a law against it. That's how government got involved in federal government, at least got involved in marriage in the first place because federal government was racist. Yeah, you think they were right on that? I don't. I think people should be able to free, have free association and marry who they want to. Uh, nevertheless, um, that's how racist I am. That we're all God's children. We should behave like it. And the government shouldn't get involved in those kind of issues. Nevertheless, the government did, and that's how they got there, see? So don't point to the federal government having control of marriage in that vein and act like they held the moral high ground. No, the government was racist. And for racist reasons, the federal government got involved in marriage in the first place. Now it's turned on its head. They literally ran the Mormons out of the country for practicing polygamy back in the day. And now it's like, hey, um, you know, men can marry men and women can marry women. All by your government, all supposedly constitutional. What a shame that is. I digress. What about babies? For literally 50 years almost, whatever it was, 73 till 20, 50 years, the federal government said it's fine to murder babies, to kill the most innocent among us. It's the law of the land. Shame on the Supreme Court. Finally, they overturned Roe versus Wade. That's good news. But the court had it wrong. The courts are 
one branch of government. They're not the gods, okay? Uh, and when you say that the court interprets the law, um, that is the debate, you see? Because even if they say, oh, murdering babies is constitutional, which is what they lied and said for a long time, now they say it's not constitutional. Well, which court was right? You see, when you have conflicting decisions at point, at some point, you got to say, okay, well, what Congress should have done was they should have codified what authority they had and didn't have. See, we should have been pushing harder on this, but we didn't. We, the people just stood back and let over 60 million babies die, right? You say, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, you're right, it is. And so the Supreme Court's not always right, and we can't let these so-called experts decide things. A, few, a, few, a couple of folks in robes, a couple of college professors with so-called degrees or experts on a topic, those are the guys that are going to lead the nation to make the decisions for you and I? I don't think so. That's what happens in tyrannies, not in freedom zones, if you will. All right, I digress, but I wanted to go off on that a little bit and highlight. Um, we've got to work on really understanding and educating people about the truth. And what they tell you is that I'm a terrorist, that I'm a racist, that I'm a hater, that I'm an anti-government guy. All I try to do is double down and support the proper role of government. They take everything that I say and do out of context and manipulate it and wrongfully abuse me over it. There's so many issues to make this point, it's not even funny. Uh, anyway, I'll get to that someday. Lance Miliacho was with us yesterday, so was George Ballantine, the bros over at the Big MIG, thebigmig.com. <clears throat> they call it powering the truth. The tip of the spear, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to say things, or it means the right to tell people things they don't want to hear. Amen to that. We also had our guest on. Colorado GOP chairman Dave Williams was with us. He did a phenomenal job. Williams is a passionate 36-year-old family man. He's strongly pro-life. Amen to that. He's also an outspoken leader to expose election fraud, ladies and gentlemen. He's a strong supporter of Donald Trump as well. Um. They say President Trump's conservative policies, and I am too if we're going to talk about the conservative policies of Donald Trump. I think Donald, for the most part, did a great job, one of our better presidents or our best president in my lifetime. I'll be the first to say that. But he made some serious mistakes too. So I don't like to really just say I back a person. I like to say I back based on principle. When they're right, I back them. When they're not, mm, you've heard this a gazillion times from me, right? Colo, C-O-L-O. GOP.org is where you need to go to learn more about Dave Williams and his incredible work. What they're really trying to do now is deal with this ballot issue. You know, you got the Colorado uh, government's going to end up going to the Supreme Court because Michigan uh, says that Trump can stay on the ballot. No problem. So now you've got conflicting decisions in the state, and the only way to resolve that is to go to the Supreme Court at this point. But really, this all stems from, in my humble opinion, Congress not doing their duty in the first place. You say, Sam, what are you talking about? Congress needed to deal with this election integrity issue, and since they didn't, um, now you're going back and, you know, Congress hasn't confirmed if there was an insurrection or not. Congress should be investigating this. Uh, <clears throat> Congress can decide what's going on with, you know, election integrity. They never dug into it like they were supposed to. That was the whole reason for January 6th, and Congress failed us. Now we're leaving it to the courts and to the Supreme Court again. We're, we're letting our power be circumvented 
uh, by other branches of government. So this should be Congress doubling down and saying, look, we're going to look into election fraud. They failed to do so. That's what's causing the problem today. I don't really think that the Supreme Court's where this belongs. I mean, I know it is constitutionally now because it's in the courts. But what I'm saying is we, the people in Congress, should have been resolving these election integrity issues, not leaving it to a few robe thugs that may or may not even take cases, that are delaying cases, that are now, now we're really close to the first ballots being cast. And we don't know where Trump's going to be. And to always have this inflection, not have a, not have a, uh, an, a stability factor, creates, in my opinion, a, a, a moral crisis on the elections. If you don't know if you're going to vote for Trump because you don't even know if he'll be on your ballot or if he's not, if he is on your ballot, but he's not on enough ballots in different states to matter or all this affects the elections and the stability of an election, folks. And they're letting this happen right now. Anyway, it's a disgrace. The government's lying while they're kind of manipulating things. Let's say it that way. Um, I guess Denver police say they are protecting and increasing security at homes of state Supreme Court justices. The problem is that CNN had to admit there's no credible even threats against them. So, I mean, you can run around and hype up that you're protecting them, and that's good. I don't want anything, I don't want any harm to come to these Supreme Court justices, but you're making it sound like the conservatives who are mad about Trump or the Trumpites are just going to go crazy and do something crazy. It isn't true, and there's no credible threat. CNN admitted it. Anyway, after months of silence, our dear friend Stuart Rhodes over at Oath Keepers called Jim Hoft. Uh, he's the founder and creator of the Gateway Pundit. He tells us that, believe it or not, that the Biden administration now is sending prominent J6 prisoners to mental institutions, ladies and gentlemen, to keep them quiet. That is a huge revelation from Jim Hoft, Gateway Pundit, Stuart Rhodes. All right, now, Stuart Rhodes reminded Jim that back uh, two years ago, Stuart Rhodes said that the Democrats were going to use the 14th Amendment to go after Donald Trump. And Stuart predicted that two years ago, and he's been spot on right. Now what Stuart says is, hey, Trump has not been charged with an insurrection charge or suspicious conspiracy because there's no basis for it. But whether there's no basis for it or not, that's not the reason that they haven't done it. What Stuart Rhodes says is, I think they're trying to build a crescendo in the given states. In other words, once you get that snowball rolling, you can't stop it. Stuart Rhodes then broke this disturbing news. The Biden administration did send Kelly Sorrell, Oath Keeper's attorney, to a mental institution. And the problem with all this is you can't interview her or talk to her or get her side of the story at all. See, that's the problem with some of these things. They say now that she's not even... Uh, mentally stable enough to withstand or deal with a trial. She's not competent. This is a well-known attorney, well-articulated person who spent hours speaking to the grand juries and to others uh, uh, about this in Congress or whatever else. Um, her congressional inquiry, maybe grand jury is not the right word, congressional inquiries, etc. Stuart Rhodes says, let's find out if she's sane. Let's let the American people decide. Why don't we release those hours? of evidence hang tight liberty roundtable live
Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Matthew 2424 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21. Our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3. The many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio, joined now by Brian Rust, RustCorningGift.com, and Kelly Finnegan is with us as well. Hope you gentlemen had a wonderful Christmas. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Glad to be with you, Fantastic, Sam. sir. All right, where's gold sitting? Gold sitting at 2074. So 2074. Yep. Dot. Zero. Even, huh? All right. Even. $2,074, ladies and gentlemen, is the gold number. Silver? Uh, twenty four fifty five. Twenty four fifty five. Kelly, your response to that? Oh, what do you think, Brian? Sorry. Well, I was going to say. Yeah, oh, go ahead, Kelly. Uh, well, yeah, it's just showing you that uh, something's obviously happening right now because the metals are up big time and palladium's down. Platinum's up even more. So, yeah, there's uh, something's going on at the end of the year here. So uh, I think people might be waking up a little bit. And I think this whole Donald Trump thing's probably part of it. Kelly or Brian, you want to update us on some other numbers? Platinum's up. Where's rhodium? Give us kind of a broader uh, spectrum, will you? Yeah, I don't have rhodium. I didn't pull rhodium. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, you've got platinum that's higher. It's, it's 1,024. 50 uh your your rhodium or your palladium sitting around 1168 so it's yeah it's, metals are, are, are 
You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, it, it's it's funny how they kind of condense these numbers and play with the numbers and the yo-yo effects and and these big banks that uh, you know we you know they kind of yo-yo these numbers up and down and so on. But there, yeah, I mean, eventually it's going to hit the fan because you know they're not going to be able to manipulate the markets and and uh, things get worse. We hope they get better than before worse, but. You know, the Fed came out and said that they're done raising interest rates, and that has a, uh, a you know, a, you know, has an effect on it. And so there's a lot of factors that come into play. It's just that sometimes they want to hear those factors, and sometimes they just push them aside. So anyway, that's the markets. <laughs> but it's we feel like you ought to, you know, that uh, you still want to get involved, and in, in, uh, preparation's peace of mind. So for whatever happens, if you're prepared. You know, one factor that could come into play that some people look at is maybe converting some gold into silver because now you have a little bit better buying power with gold, take some profit and, and buy some silver that hasn't really climbed like these other metals. So that's an option. Well, one of the things that I think, too, is this. You know, what we want to do is we always want to try to pretend that it's a money-making deal. i got to buy low and i got to sell high and i got to – um, what we need to think about when it comes to honest money, gold, silver, stability in your portfolio, and, and et cetera, Brian, I think we need to realize that it's kind of the sum of all your investment and your purchases over time. So, you know what, even if I buy a little bit of my silver at a higher number, you know what, it's the average number over time that I bought silver at that really matters in the long run. Um, I'm not saying that, that, oh, wait till it goes high, then buy or anything. I'm just saying that um, these small twists and turns in the market really don't matter much. What matters a whole lot more is the consistent acquisition and taking possession over time. Uh, seems to be a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. Pretty soon it's quite a bit. Pretty soon it's a lot. Uh, and that happens from uh, the practice of stability and consistency. People don't understand that about money. Time and consistency are the keys to the exercise. It's true in radio advertising, but it's also true uh, with money. That you know what, this consistent savings, this consistent putting a little bit aside, um, is what really matters over the long haul. And I, w I want people to look at it properly is why I'm spending my time here, Brian. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Sam. And that, you know, it's, I have a lot of people that have come in, you know, who have, have, you know, had some hard times and so on, and they were grateful that their, their uh, dad or parents had saved. And, and, and when they passed away, they left them a little bit of that nest egg and helped them to kind of see that, that vision. And that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. I mean, yeah, obviously people come in and say, gosh, I bought it too high and so on. And I try to explain, look, it's not about, you know, too high. It's about having something to fall back on when you need it. And, and you know, putting a little here and putting it, you know, or you average your cost and so on. But it's, yeah, like you say, it's the long term. I, I obviously I grew up in this, so I, I've, I have my nest egg is in this and, and so on. But I'm not, we, we don't tell people that put all your eggs in this basket. We just tell people, look, you ought to get prepared and this is a, a great way to put away some, some money that you're not, you know, when you go to the movie, it's gone. Or if you're going out to dinner, it's gone and so on. Well, this is you're putting it away. And, yeah, you can reflect and be nervous looking at it every single day. But, look, just be putting it away long term can be a real real added value to your you and your family. Kelly, it's the kind of thing I bring up this consistency because it's the kind of thing that I find fascinating. I had the 25th year. Uh, party for my broadcast a, a couple of years ago now. Uh, and when I had that party, uh, I had some young kids that worked for me and helped me, and they weren't old enough really to work. 
And so I couldn't put them on payroll because they, you know, but they were old enough to do things. And so what I did was I gave them a silver dollar every time they'd come to work for me. And then worked for a couple of hours and stuff like that. And I can't remember how much silver dollars were at the time. I think they were like $11 or I, I don't know. I'd, Brian would have to go look at a chart for me to figure it out exactly. I don't, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. My whole point, though, that I'm getting at is I gave these kids these coins. And at first they kind of went, oh, that's a bummer. That's not cool. <laughs> and they kind of didn't think it was very awesome at the time. But they did it because their dad wanted them to. And for me, my logic was it's kind of like an apprentice. You know, you're going to get a little bit of a pay so you don't starve. But you're also going to, you know, get a great education. And so I had them work for me uh, at a store I owned. I won't go into the details. My, my whole point is this. Um, at this anniversary, I gave them uh, a, another silver ounce round as kind of a present with a, with, a, with a plaque and kind of a trophy thanking them for their service and their involvement and all that they've done for the program over the years. Anyway, here's the interesting point. Every one of those boys told me, because uh, I said to them, I said, here's this coin now. It's worth like 30 bucks right now. Um, did you keep the other ones? And every one to a boy has kept their coins, and they both have hunt. They they all three have hundreds of them, and they sat on them and they got them when they were little kids because they worked when they couldn't even really make money otherwise. And now, I mean, I don't know how many, but one one boy said he had I, I think like two hundred of them or something like that. And I, and I just think about that and I go, wow. So you work as a little kid, you get training at a store some that you can put on your resume. You get these coins that you just save and hold on to, and now they're worth thirty bucks a piece. You say, well, Sam, you just said silver was only like twenty something. I know, but there's a spread when you put the metal in your hand. Anyway, bottom line, though, these kids had a chunk of, chunk of something that when they first looked at it as a kid, they kind of thought, oh, this is boring. Now they're going, this is ripping cool. Anyway, interesting story, Brian. Yeah, that, that is. I mean, it's, you know, they've got a, a nice little nest egg there, and they look at that, and, and that, you know, and, and there's a couple things. It teaches a, a lesson of the work, and, and yeah, maybe it, it didn't seem like much at the time, and this, what is this? And, but yeah, down the road they can kind of, you know, they're they're proof of kind of this putting that away and having that. I mean, you know, six thousand dollars or whatever it is right there becomes a pretty good little backing if they needed it or if they, you know, if going forward. So yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, what do you think of that story though, Kelly? It just goes to show that longevity and that stability. I mean, they're happy now because they're like, hey, we just we. Just didn't touch it we just kind of put it back and held on to it we got it a little bit at a time and now we look at it and go man this is a cool thing you lay all that out and that's a lot of silver well you know i've done that with nieces and nephews and and neighbor kids and stuff and and they all remember that they all they'll pull them out they, they've kept them and realize wow this is really worth something now you know and and now their understanding of, you know, history and things, it, it makes sense to them. But a lot of this is, is like, you know, insurance. There's car insurance and house insurance. And and why are people throwing their money away on that? You know, what are the odds of your house burning down? Pretty low, you know, but you buy, buy insurance anyway. But the difference with the precious metals is that if you don't use that insurance, you still have the precious metal. You know, if you don't need it to buy something else or pay for something else, you still have that. Whereas if you're paying premiums on insurance, you, you don't have that. It's gone. So it's, uh, I, I tell people, look at it that way. You know, it's an insurance policy, but you get to keep the premiums, you know, so you can't go wrong. 
All right, well, the reason I bring all this up and the reason I tell you that big old long story and all that kind of stuff about this is because I want people to understand it might not seem like much at first, but if you're patient and if you're steady in your acquisition and if you take possession of honest money, it's going to go well for you over time. And that doesn't mean you're going to get rich. Again, don't don't think of it as, you know, gold digging. Think of it more as, you know what, asset acquisition. And do so stably. Brian Rust and crew have been at it for over 50 years as a family. RustCoinandGift.com, you got an honest friend in the business. Um, believe it or not, we got that money years and years and years and years ago from Brian Rust. Hang tight. Labor to Roundtable Live continues in seconds on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. The Michigan Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump can remain on that state's 2024 presidential primary ballot. The court on Wednesday rejected an appeal to kick the former president off the ballot using the insurrection clause. Trump celebrated the move on Truth Social Wednesday. The group that filed the Michigan lawsuit also unsuccessfully tried to keep Trump off Minnesota's ballot and is trying to keep him off Oregon's ballot as well. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is working with the president of Mexico amid a surge of migrants flooding the U.S. border. Blinken said they made it clear the U.S. is committed to partnering with Mexico to address what he called unprecedented migration, as well as reopening key ports of entry. In the first two months of the fiscal year, 30 individuals attempting to enter the country illegally at the southern border have been apprehended and their names found on the FBI's terror screening database. It comes across as uncontrolled management. It is not good. It's not good for us who live down here on the border. Monica Weisberg-Stewart, representing the Texas Border Coalition, emphasizes this serves as a warning for the entire nation. The ban on the sale of certain Apple smartwatches has been temporarily suspended. On New Year's Eve, a surge of couples exchanging vows in Las Vegas could establish a record. This is due to the significance of 123123, recognized in the expansive Las Vegas wedding industry as a specialty date. That's because of its repeating 123123 pattern. The benchmark to surpass on New Year's Eve is 4,492, which stands as the single-day record for marriages in Las Vegas, set on July 7, 2007, 7707. I'm John Schaefer. This is USA News. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. The six-piece towels that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right 
now you can receive a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code USA. Go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set of MyPillow towels, just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special and enter promo code USA or call 800-951-8175. That's MyPillow.com. Promo code USA. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Brian Rust, Kelly Finnegan, RustCoinandGift.com. 22 states to raise minimum wage uh, as federal standards remain unchanged at 7.25 per hour. So the federal minimum wage is 7.25. Many states not making any changes. Utah, one of them. But a lot of states are making a bunch of changes uh, at the start of 2024. Uh, they say increases are going into effect in 22 states. Um. New York, Washington, they're going for at least 16 bucks an hour, while 20 states will hold to the federal minimum wage standard. So that's kind of interesting. They say that a lot of these people um, are not doing well, even with the minimum wages in place is what I find interesting. Um, they go on and talk about the details of this thing uh, in very interesting terms. But I want to get you guys' take on this first. 22 states to raise minimum wage, but the federal standard remains unchanged. Kelly? Well, it's funny. Sweden and and, uh, Denmark, that are supposedly uh, socialist countries, don't have a minimum wage because people are going to get paid what they're worth. And, and, you know, people just don't understand that. You can raise, why not raise the minimum wage to $50 an hour? You know, why stop at 20 or whatever? So it, it, all it's going to do is just make everything cost more. And then they're still going to be, you know, there. And, and the minimum wage is for people to learn, you know, it, it, it's an apprenticeship like you had done before. It's not, this is a living wage. It's never meant to be a living wage. It's just a basement. Now, what I find fascinating about that basement is it's going to start to reward certain states over other states. And let me give you some quick examples. Um, most of the states are going to raise their uh, their minimum wage on uh, January 1st, 2024. Some states are waiting till kind of the middle of the year. I think they want to raise them, but they want to see what happens first or something. So Florida uh, is raising their minimum wage by like a dollar, but they're only doing it uh, in like September of 2024, uh, not current. Well, I guess California Pizza Huts got wind of the increase in California, and it's so bad. It's like a 30% increase to where they just cannot handle it. So California Pizza Huts lay off all delivery drivers ahead of the minimum wage increase. USA Today with that one. So you look at that, and you just go, mm, how good is that going to do then? You raise the minimum wage, 30%. Companies freak and just start laying folks off. So now the guy that didn't have enough money really doesn't have enough money, Brian. 
There you go. Well, I, you know, they, they jump in here and, and, uh, and, and kind of try to mandate kind of what's, what's happening. Well, that affects business. And so some of those businesses are going to take an arm. Uh, but yeah, I like Kelly, you know, what he's saying as, as far as, you know, kind of these other countries that have kind of said, okay, well, what, you know, we're, we're providing you like an apprenticeship of this, this, and, and we hope that you make a lot more money than just this little minimum wage. But I think, I think businesses, you know, you know, you make, uh, a mark to where you feel you can afford uh, people and, and get people in to work for you. Those who want to work for you or, or so on and, and, and let it take kind of itself. It's kind of like all the, you know, government jumps into about everything and tries to, to manage everything and yet they don't do a good job of, they, they, they seem to kind of create havoc to tell you the truth in most cases. So I'd, I'd rather not see that pay someone what they're worth. They're going to anyway, right? If you want to keep an employee, I'm going to pay him more money than a, than not well and the problem with this the problem with this issue and i started out with this story about those silver coins to these children or these kids that worked for me a long 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 time ago not to talk about me and my story but really in relation to this minimum wage issue you see did they get paid minimum wage no but they couldn't go get a job anyway right Uh, but now when you look at the money they have every one of those you know things that they worked for let's just say um each silver dollar they got for a day's work at the time, and I, I related it to, uh, you know, you kind of get your silver, and it's kind of the workers in the field, and I related it to this biblical thing, and, uh, you know, you work and you get paid by the uh, Lord of the Vineyard kind of thing. I'm not saying I'm the Lord. I'm just saying I was the, the guy making the decision then because it was my money. Um, but now you look at it and you go, mm, they actually probably were paid more than minimum wage at the time. Uh, right. If you want to go yeah. by that. But yet, of course, on its face, it only says it's a dollar, just so you know, Brian. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, no, I mean, that, that's right. I mean, you, you, you gave them an opportunity to learn as well. And, and now, I mean, going out into the work field, uh, workforce, they're, you know, they're, they're making more money, hopefully more, you know, and, and uh, the values increased. They've in, they, that increased in value. So that was a, a good thing for them. So it was kind of a win-win, I think. Now, what are these companies going to do, though, when this happens? So, you know, I'm sure that this um, California Pizza Hut chain, they're not, like, excited about laying off all these people. I don't think that benefits their business. I don't think that helps them in the marketplace in any way, shape, or form. But they're simply saying we cannot afford this change. We can't do it. So, therefore, we've got to stop. Think about that for a second, Kelly, in relation to what they're mandating literally all over the country. Well, you know, and I'm sure those employees, if they had the choice of not having a job that would pay them $2 an hour more or having a job that paid $2 an hour less, they would rather have the job. So, but they didn't ask them. See, the government went ahead and just did this thing without asking the people what they really wanted. It sounds well, good. Then- but it's not what it's well, not good. And then you got to ask yourself this question too. Let's say we do accept the wage increase. Let's say we do keep these employees. All we got to do then, Brian, there's one other answer of the way we can solve this problem besides letting go of the people if we don't have the money. There's only one other answer. And that is I'm going to raise the cost of pizza. Right. <laughs> so now we're going right. to pay our people 100 bucks an hour minimum wage and pizzas are only $49. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and then you're out of business yeah. either way. So, and then yeah. hey, you know what? Who wants to buy a forty nine dollar pizza? I'm not. I'm not doing that. I mean, come on, that's a rip off. Well, it is. But again, you know, at what point 
Businesses don't pay taxes is the real the real point here, guys. People pay taxes. Businesses just pay it along the way. The government just takes it along the way. But at the end of the day, there's a number that you pay for goods and services. And companies have got to have a number at the end of the day where they say this is profitable and worth me continuing doing or not. And at the end of the day, only people pay taxes. Government and businesses and no, nobody else pays taxes. But at the end of the day, the individual pays everything. All of it. I have, it's just all I stacked in different ways, Kelly. I had a big uh, discussion with my brother-in-law. He didn't think businesses paid enough taxes. And I said, well, you know, I've, I've never seen Microsoft Signature before. Can you tell me what it looks like? Because I've never <laughs> seen it. I said, they're either going to take it away from their employees or they're going to take it away from their customers. And that's where the, they don't they're not going to pay anything. Yeah, or both. It's, that's the choice. The company doesn't have money. They get money from selling stuff and hiring people. So they got to cut it or, or take it from one or the other. And, uh, you know, it's like this is they've got these people just thinking that these corporations are just so wealthy and they've got so much money when they're really on razor thin margins, actually. You're right about that. It's just the volume that they do that keeps them afloat. And when you make this kind of a change, it's like, man, we just can't make the deliveries happen it's just too expensive for us you're gonna to have to come to our door to get your pizza because we can't really afford that last mile delivery it's too expensive now joe biden doesn't get it how do i know because joe biden just signed an executive order and i want to talk to you guys in detail about this story <laughs> joe biden just signed an executive order in december so just you know merry christmas giving federal employees an average of a 5.2 percent pay increase that's the largest increase since former President Jimmy Carter did it. He raised it by 9.1% back in 1980. So it's not quite as much as that, but Joe doing the same thing. Now, um, I guess 76% of Americans reported their income is simply not keeping up with inflation. That's according to a poll conducted by CBS News. Uh Anyway, 56% of the people felt like it was out of control government spending and these pay raises that are the problem creating the inflation. But think about it. 76% of Americans reported their income is simply not keeping up. In other words, 76% of Americans feeling like they're going backwards. Brian, that number's startling. Well, you know, it is. I mean, it's it's crazy, but but you look at everything that's kind of been going on, and that's that's the issue. I, I think that, uh, you know, your dollar, which is supposedly high and mighty, is the paper dollar out there, and, and yet it doesn't buy, you know, your buying power is just not there. And as everything else increases, and, I, you know, they look at that and say, okay, well, that's why we're going to raise the pay rate. We've got to get them more money. we got to, well. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and skip this break. Keep going, Brian. This is too good. But if you you know you, we're going to give you the pay raise so you can make more you know money that way or so on. But realistically, it's you know they don't they don't take into all the factors and so on and and, and even businesses and so on. You know I think the the the, the playing field. I mean it's it's kind of like certain things. Some companies, big companies, will get breaks. They'll get the break. Maybe it's postage. They don't have to pay for postage or everything that they send out's a dollar or other thing. You know they get some incentives. It's like the airlines. You know, government's going to step in because they're not going to allow their, you know, you know, the airline. We can't allow that to to go down. So we're going to, you know, and you know, give them some money so they can help pay those employees. Well, they don't give they don't give the money to some of the smaller businesses and so on to, you know, to 
to survive. They don't care. You know, Walmart comes in, wipes out a lot of mom-and-pop shops, and they don't, they, you know, because they can't meet their their bottom line as far as if they got to pay employees more and so on. So it's kind of a, it's, you know, the whole spectrum might not be on the same page, and so it's great for some and it's not maybe for others. And But, yeah, our, our inflation that's, that's hitting the American, the medium family uh, is is – Yes, it's tough. It is out of control, ladies and gentlemen. Now, listen, federal employees, federal employees already make significantly more money than those working outside the federal government, just so you know. The average pay for federal employees is 98000 In 2023, that's according to the data collected by the same people that are doing these surveys here. And the median salary in the United States was basically 58,000 a year. Now, I don't really know when they say the median versus the average versus the, you know, it's hard for me to, because the 58,000 includes the government salaries as well for the average. And so if the government's getting paid a lot more, that's making that median number raise quite a bit where median versus average versus what samplings we're using. This story doesn't leave, to, or, you know, provide the necessary details. But here's what I know. At the end of the day, federal employees are already paid way more. Uh, than private sector folks, and now Joe just gave him a raise. But here's my real question to you, Kelly, and to, to you, Brian. I thought the House controlled the purse strings. I thought that's the <laughs> like the Constitution. You know, see, I'm this redneck constitutionalist guy that doesn't have a clue. But see, spending bills are supposed to originate in the House. And either Congress did one of two things. Either one, they sat back and let uh, Joe steal their authority by executive order, now, that's criminal and should be impeachable and prosecutable if he did that. Or number two, Congress just passed slush funds that, you know, Joe can just dip into and manipulate and whatever he wants to do. Where do you get authority as president when Congress and the House of Representatives clearly is in charge of the budget and the money and the spending, all spending bills? How does Joe just create an executive order that just says, I'm going to just pay everybody more money? How does this well, happen without criminal activity occurring, Kelly? You said before, Jimmy Carter did it. That's the precedent. And nobody fought that. So he's just saying, hey, they could take it to court. And he said, I'm just doing what one of my predecessors did. Congress didn't stop him. So I think I have the right to do that. That's how it happened. You know, you get your foot in the door, and then pretty soon the door's open. So that's, that's, I, that's, that's probably how they would justify it. Well, see, I don't see where Joe can do this with authority, though. Any way you look at it, I don't think Congress has the right to pass these slush funds if Joe did it legally by pulling from something that he already had kind of permission for or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. Slush funds moving around or reassigning money, whatever authority he has. Congress is to blame. Okay, we want to blame Joe because he signed the executive order and it's wrong for him to do that. I agree 100 percent. But the people that I blame is Congress. The House of Representatives primarily. So while we're having this big old battle over Kevin McCarthy uh, and MAGA Mike or Mike Johnson or whatever these guys that are supposed to change the game and uh, whatever, reduce spending or whatever, they're not doing it. Either they gave Joe a slush fund and it was okay for him to do, not right, but okay, meaning there's no criminal activity. Uh, you can debate it all you want to, Sam, but, hey, he, you know, there was authorization given in a roundabout way. Or whether he just did it without authorization, I don't know, but I know this. If we want to strictly follow the Constitution, this cannot happen. This should not be allowed to occur. And the buck stops, pardon the pun, with those who are in charge of the purse strings, according to the Supreme Law, Brian. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Sam. But the, here, here's the issue. I think you, you look at this past year that's gone on and what has Biden done, you know, on top of all these other things that were, were not his, uh, you know, his uh, he shouldn't have the authority to do that is what I'm saying. And so and so he's been slowly working these little things and, and, and spending money off and sending this here. Well, he shouldn't. But he's he's been pushing that line, keeps pushing the line and say, well, let's just see if we can get away with this. Let's just see if we can. And it seems like that agenda this whole year has been kind of like that. And and so I guess if no one squawks or or, you know, maybe they they say something, but they don't really push. That's kind of what this agenda has been for the last year, maybe longer, a couple of years. Uh, Kelly, I find this interesting big time because federal employees, not only do they make much more than the average worker, but I don't know if you know, but federal employees can donate to campaigns. And when they do, it's a 95% in favor of Democrats. So they compared Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton to Donald Trump and everything else. And 95% of federal employees basically fund the Democrat Party when they donate 5% to the Republicans, 95% to the Democrats or whatever. Now, I'm not really here to play the Democrat or Republican card. I just find that interesting that the policies that promote more government are the policies that are funded by those who donate or, you know, fund governmental campaigns, the the very same people that are getting rewarded in this executive order. At some point, it becomes a pay-to-play scheme. We'll raise your minimum wage. We'll raise your this. We'll give you that. We'll, and you need to make sure you know where your bread's buttered, right? Right, Kelly? Well, yeah, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. So, you know, and, and that's the problem, you know. Uh, they they figured that the empires, or somebody wrote a book about it. I just read, they last about 200 years or less. And they get to the point where when people realize that they can vote themselves uh, money or benefits, then pretty soon the game's over. And that's what's going on now. It's like, hey, we're going to pay you. We're going to give people this money and make sure you vote for us. So it's it that's that's when you get a dictatorship. That's when tyranny takes over, and and that's unfortunately where we're at right now. Brian, what do you say to this? Because I, I find it fascinating that they've got a kind of an engine here, an economic engine running, don't they? <laughs> they do. I mean, it's. I mean, you can see that. Obviously, if they're, you know, like you say, they're Democrats are, are supporting, you know, or the federal those working for the Fed, you know, are, are giving, you know, huge payouts to the, the race, those running for office, and uh, it's 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 the whole system, you know. Uh, you know, I think that uh, all these things that are happening, you know, we just watch and, and kind of shake our head, but but. Uh, Biden kind of does what he wants to. He doesn't care what anybody else says or, or whatever his uh, regulations are. He doesn't care. He bounces over those. He, this is your assignment. I don't care. I'm going to go all the way in and do what I can. And and it, and, and it seems to just we allow it to happen. You know, we can't seem to get any any headway. I mean, we, we have these lawsuits that are going on, which is taking, you know, precedence over maybe other things that should be. And, and uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. So. We're, we're well, our country's e- in mess. Even when Trump was in charge of the executive branch, all the money, pretty much, for the most part, uh, went to, say, Hillary Clinton or whatever for 2020 and all this kind of stuff. And all their money literally goes to kind of fuel that economic engine. But look, we can pretend it can last forever, but it can't because there's factors beyond our control. 
this is kind of the other thing that I don't think they really understand that I want to dig into before the end of the hour, gentlemen. And that is this. Headline says this. Russia and China no longer use dollar for trade. Uh, There's an article in the New American that talks about this. Angeline Tan uh, is who wrote the article. But it really highlights that during a meeting on December 21st, I guess, just recently, the prime minister uh, of Russia, along with his Chinese partner, is saying, look, we're not doing our trade in dollars anymore. That's not happening. Uh, do you want to respond to that, Brian? Well, <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, we're, we're it, it was going to happen. I mean, basically, you know, the dollar's been there, and we kind of – you know, we're telling these countries what they've got to do, and we're going to penalize you if you don't do this, and so on. I mean, it was, you know, basically going to happen. You know, and you in our, you know, what good's our dollar? I mean, they they look at it like, hey, you're you're bankrupt, you're hundreds of trillions in debt anyway. So I mean, you know, we're going to take over now. You're not going to be the main power house of uh, money, and uh, your fiat money's gone. And I think that's that's the push now, and a lot of countries are supporting that. So. That's where well, going. it's going to cha- it's going to change uh, how we do business, whether we like it or not. We can pretend it's not happening. We can go ahead and give people raises. We can go ahead and chase the inflation bubble. We can go ahead and lie to the people. We can go ahead and, but the problem is, like I mentioned, this pizza chain, right? California Pizza Hut just lay off all drivers. Businesses are going out of business. So now competitors uh, are going out of business in all kinds of different uh, fields and. Um, you know, 76% of Americans are saying they just cannot keep up with inflation while federal employees get a raise on the taxpayer's dime. And now Russia and China no longer using dollar for trade. That is going to change the game. You ain't seen nothing yet. The next several years will kind of tell the tale on this. Uh, Kelly, don't you think? Uh, in, in a way, yes. In a way, no. I mean, they're, they're just trading things. But China China has nothing that Russia wants. They don't have any natural resources. They got a bunch of cheap stuff, but Russia can can do that. So Russia gets piled up with a bunch of yuan that aren't good anywhere outside of China, and there's nothing that they want there. So then they have to exchange those yuan for what's the most universal currency, gold or dollars. So you know, and and they have a problem right now that there's sanctions against Russia. So. They're secretly going through other countries and using these Chinese yuan to buy other things. So, yeah, it sounds good. I think they talk a big game. It was like the whole deal with bricks. Oh, they're going to have this gold-backed bricks currency. They don't talk about that anymore because it's, it can't happen. <laughs> who, who? Well, yeah, those those are real economic powers there. You know, they uh, are. You're right about that. Now listen to this: small community banks are feeling the pain. The brunt of the Federal Reserve cranking up interest rates to deal with persistent out-of-control inflation put in place by Joe. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. All right. And And you look at that and you go, these banks are probably going to fail. And so now people are saying, well, man, you got to go put your money in some safer bank or whatever. What you're going to do is run these small banks out of business. Pretty soon you're only going to have the big players. Brian? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, they they put the pressure on, and that's kind of the, their agenda anyway, isn't it? I mean, kind of the to run everything and be in bed with these 
big powerhouse banks or insurance companies and so on and, and get do away with everything else. And, and, and then you just kind of get in the line, wait for your bread or wait for whatever it is. That's, that's why, you know, I think a little bit of that preparation is, is why we, we preach metal a little bit is to have some of that to fall back on. But because there, there are, there's so the cost of living, the adjustments for, for so many, you know, perhaps middle class or those that are, you know, on social security and, and only have so much. And even, you know, even the Social Security, they're they're talking. What's what's the plan for 2024? Well, I guess if you're getting a little bit of increase, but you're also being taxed at a little bit bigger increase, and so it doesn't even, you know, fill their needs. Or yeah, there's just a, it's a mess. That you know, we're in a, <laughs> we got a lot of issues going and uh, the wrong way. And and Joe up there at the top doesn't seem to really care or even clueless about. Well, really a lot of people that. are predicting economic doom and gloom and that it's going to happen fast and it's going to go south and then we're going to have banks closing and everything melting down and yelling and screaming. And I don't see it that way. Um, I believe if they wanted to shut down the economy, they could have pulled the plug a long time ago. They want to prop the economy up as long as they can. Uh, yeah. And they want to peacefully continue to uh, erect, um, in my opinion, pillars of tyranny. Uh, and they want to get closer and closer. They know they're not close enough yet. So they don't want to pull the rug out from under the system. They want to keep the system running. But what you're going to see, in my opinion, is a slow dismantling of the wealth of all Americans, generationally speaking. So they're letting people's savings run out. They're letting people's, you know, the loans, the interest pile up. They're letting, and everybody's getting closer and closer and closer to the brink, to falling off the cliff, if you will. Uh, but no one's really realizing it at this point. And it's kind of like this this thing. Um you know, you're going to get your picture taken. So you're standing and, and, you, and you want this beautiful view, but the cliff's behind you. And you just kind of keep backing up, backing up to get a better picture. And you don't kind of, you're not focused on the fact that you're getting closer to the cliff every second. Uh, and so I believe we're going to have a slow motion economic drain of wealth in America, bringing us down to third world country status. And it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. I'm not going to put time frames on it uh, because I'm convinced that's that's foolish. But But I'm telling you, this is what I see, Brian, and I see gold and silver as the great hedge to protect you against that your final thoughts yeah i think i think you're you're right online i mean I, you, you kind of look at this this great war we talk about in the christ and, and satan well satan slowly leads you down to hell and if you kind of you know just slowly and that's kind of what we're we're right at the top of our country they they're cluttering our lives with so much crap around us we can't make heads or tails of this that or the other well slowly and slowly and slowly we come to find out well this is where we're, we're headed final word to you kelly All right. Thank you, Brian Russ, Kelly Finnegan. We appreciate all that you do. RussCoinandGift.com, ladies and gentlemen, is your friend in the honest money business. RussCoinandGift.com. I am Sam Bushman, and I'm telling you, I haven't lost faith in this country. I have hope in Christ, and that will always remain, ladies and gentlemen. Regardless of the difficulties we face, we know where to turn for solutions. That is God, family, and country, and the protection of life, liberty, and property. All right. Those are the answers, folks. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.